Hey girl, hey. Yes, uh, welcome to the Magnificent Noir podcast. <laughs> You're a guest of honor, VIP, you know. Me, a whole me. You, my good sis. <laughs> so, you know, I've been working on this little project for my FMP about the experience of blackness, you know, between cis or just people in general. Like, how has it affected you in a good or bad way? And I've done I've done this photo shoot a couple of weeks ago, and I had a conversation with the girls at that photo shoot, and it was like very nice to hear what other people feel, just to feel like what, what's the word connected. Yeah, that's that's good. Means you did a good job. Definitely, and it was you know one of those things where when we are in a group of black people like our peers i don't know if it's just me but you feel so comfortable about talking about everything because you know you have shared experience yeah like you know how you're back at home mm-hmm. and when we talked about going out sleepovers activities you know if you tell a good sis she will understand that you can't just stand up and go we can't just up and go there's nothing like you're above 18 no no child please exactly (laughs) i'm still Um, a child in their eyes definitely it's one of those where between each other it's a common understanding that as long as you live under your parent roof you're your parent children the babies it's true and i think And it's, I don't know, there's no, I mean, I know some people kick up a fuss about it, but honestly, like, I'm not bothered about it, like, it makes sense. You know? Yeah. Like, I'm not going to die because someone in my country, if other people will go out of the way to do the absolute most, but I think, if anything, my parents are pretty chill. Yeah. If you sit down and talk to them, and it's fine, but where, I don't know, I'm just, I'm not bothered, like, I really don't know if you up and out in these streets at 10 p.m. Like, what business do I have, especially in this Southampton? <laughs> That's the tea. Staying at home, like, like we said, you know, we had this conversation about the pandemic. It was really a relaxation time. It was fantastic. Like, I think <laughs> for me, anyway, like, I'm really, I'm a homebody. Do you know what I mean? I and I love my own company. I'm not, yeah. Like I can be social, but really and truly, if you if plans get cancelled, I'm like I'm the first one to celebrate nine times out of ten. I'd much rather <laughs> stay at home and chill and do what I want. Not <laughs> that's literally and and that's just me. And I don't know. I feel like when you try and tell that to some people, not just like. It doesn't even have to be like some white people or whatever. Literally, just other black people. They look at you like you're a whole alien. So yeah, like oh yeah, like I don't go out and I live at home. They're like, huh? Where's your freedom? Da 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 da. The whole speech about you know you're grown. Da 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 da. So I know I'm grown, but I like staying at home. So <laughs> this time. Why gonna marry? Pardon? That's when they're like, oh, you're grown. Leave the house. No, I was in- come. 
can come in. So, so, that's the Um, I think we were talking about pandemic. We, we were just saying, yeah, like the, the pandemic was fantastic for me. Everyone was like, <laughs> can't go out anymore. We can't do this. And I'm like, mate, home is great. Okay, my own company. I'm, I'm just, I'm living my best life. I live my best life. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah. One of the things I definitely enjoyed about this pandemic, it was like, you got the occasion to discover so many, f- like, what's the word I'm looking for? So many aspects of yourself. L- like, you know, I was a natural babe with the hair. Then summer here and I was like, okay, let me straighten it to see what, it, what we're about. Then I was cutting fridge. You know, I was doing the most <laughs> every two minutes new headset. Yes. You become self care. Like, honestly, like I feel it's important. Like if you want, you know, to grow your hair out, all this different thing, well, that's fine. But yeah. I think it's it's you're not gonna die if you relax your hair one time because you need to have straight hair. It's fine. Hair, like hair grows. I'm sorry, hair grows. Allow yourself to experiment with your hair. If you don't like it, it is what it is. You move on. Yeah, you, that's. You you work with what you have. Do you know what I mean? Definitely, that's definitely like something I've been finding so crazy for so long. It was like if you're natural, that's not cute, and now if you have the audacity to relax, is you don't like being black, yeah, and that's and not just coming even, from black people. It's like even white people be saying that to you, and it's like, excuse me, it's my hair. Yeah, because even like some of the boots that are natural, like it's all fair and well to wear your hair and do a wig. But yeah, I feel especially in Twitter and you not some of the things that I see. It's like obviously some guys will jump on the girls like, oh, I haven't got any hair, maybe that wig is really black. And the girls will like, yeah, you, you know, take off their wig and show a picture of a video of their long natural hair and fingers or whatever. And I'm like, it's really not that deep. Like, if you're bold underneath, that's fine. You don't need to go out of your way to prove to someone whole strange mm. that um, that you've got long hair or natural hair is hair yeah it means a lot but at the same time it's like as a black person allow yourself to experiment don't feel confined to one sort of type of way definitely talking about hair like you know we, I, I feel like we've all been through those experiences where you felt like the way your hair looked was not was not right for the place you were at. Like, do you have any like stories about when you felt a bit aggressive? Not aggressed, but like you had a little microaggression, a little comments people would say about your hair that stick with you. Maybe you didn't feel them think, when they were said. Well, I wouldn't say yeah. stick with me. I think more it was more when I moved to the UK. 
Yeah. Um, uh, my mom relaxed my hair just because I really caused her. Obviously, she likes full time. She I mean, like, there's no way she's gonna find ample time to do my hair. It would be very much easier for her to relax my hair. And when my hair was relaxed, obviously around black people, it's not a thing that phases anyone. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's like. Well, for me, anyway, like, I've got family members who have natural hair, relaxed hair, like wigs, the whole nine yards. It's not something that anyone reacts to, like, oh, my God, you changed your hair, like, oh, what's wrong with you, you did this to your hair. But when I, I think I was in primary school, I think someone was like, oh, why is your hair so greasy? And I was like, my hair's not greasy. You know, like when your mom always was stifling your hair. Yeah. Greasy. And then you talk about like washing your hair. It's like, oh, I wash my hair like every, um, every two weeks, every three weeks. Like, oh, that's disgusting. It doesn't smell. Oh, yeah, that's why your hair's so greasy. No, it's not. But I, I think I was. I could. I, I don't think I was bothered to explain to them. Like, I just let them be ignorant. I didn't want mm. to have to explain my hair to anyone. I didn't want to have to explain why my hair is like this one time and this another time. But yeah, like, I think it wasn't that bad when we lived in London. But then when we moved to Southampton, because I remember I went to. I came in Southampton when I was in like sixth grade. So I was yeah. like one of, from what I remember, I think I was one of maybe three black people in my year group. And I know I know I was the only black girl, and that was a shock. Mm. I was like, okay. This is when like I started remembering of all the commentary about my hair and all the stuff and everything. So I just know it's gonna be ten times worse here. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Like, I don't remember much of it. I think when I had pretty good friends, I think in primary school at the time, like they they were curious but they were respectful. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. only when I got to secondary school, like you know, you see that oh wow, you changed your hair again. Oh, like, you're always changing your hair. Like, oh, like do you do you, like when you get doctors? Oh my gosh, do that every morning. Are you mad? Oh yes. <laughs> it was those like, little comments. I really sat down for eight hours every day to do box braids. Yeah. Yeah. But, oh my gosh, your hair grew so long. You say it's extensions. Oh, but you're not allowed to get extensions to school. And I'm thinking, I can't explain the expression to you because you don't, <laughs> you don't know what expression is. Yeah. So I'm just like, it's just braiding hair. Oh my gosh, like, can I do that as well? You want to, but... <laughs> I don't know. Whenever it, te- whenever it turned to... Whenever it was a conversation about my hair and growing up around non-black people, it was very much frustrating. Yeah. Remember, I remember a time actually when I cut my hair short for the first time when I was in college. And obviously we went to church and this lady full on touched my hair. Like, oh, Without hey. asking? No. I'm like, oh, your hair, it's so nice. And she touched my head and I looked at my mom. I was like, did she just do that? <laughs> this is not a pet in the scene. I'm so sorry. And I don't know. I just, I just felt 
very much violated. I know it's not big deal to some people. I'm not saying that. I don't know. Around, yeah, around, my, around my own people, it's not a big deal. But yes. around people who just make those unnecessary comments, those little little comments, it, it was just, I don't know, just, I don't know. Like, I, I just, from then on, I knew I could not even tolerate myself. Definitely. But I grew up in a small town. Well, it's not even that small, but it's quite small. Like, if you look compared to London, and yeah. And it's like, it was majority black people. In my year, I was the only, no, I wasn't the only, but in my group of friends, and my group of friends as friends, I was the only black girl. And we had another really? black boy. Yeah. yeah. And another black boy, and a mixed race girl. Yeah. And, you know, mixed race girls, they have their long curly hair. It's not yeah. exactly black, it's not exactly white. It's just mixed race. And I will always be doing uh, braids and stuff. And it was back in the days where people didn't see braids as a cool thing. Mm-hmm. And I remember my my friend, I'm saying that in <laughs> quotation marks. <Yeah. laughs> um, they used to be they used to every time i'll come with a new longer hairstyle than my hair they'll yeah. be what's the um, that thing you put to make plants grow faster fertilizer yes they used to be like oh my god like as a joke like oh did you put fertilizer in your hair at night and it's crazy to me now 2021 i'm 21 we've gone through blm and all of those like all of those big events it is now but during summer where I see and I'm like oh my god I actually sat through this violation and thought it was funny because I used to laugh wow I don't know you like I think <laughs> you could call me oversensitive or whatever but yeah. I'm the type of person who it's not that I take it to heart but I don't know people make certain jokes and they'll be like oh okay I'm like I'll make a mental note to like like you're blacklisted in my mind like you're not my yeah. friend, you're not my acquaintance so it's a thing of like something happens to you I don't know like if you were to say something like I'm not your friend I'm really not your friend I'm not gonna back to you but I'm not gonna slander you either yeah I think it's one of those like the places you grow up definitely molds you I was born in Rwanda but I moved in Belgium like before I even knew what was what was being black mm. so for me those people and I we were equal I didn't yeah. see that they were white I didn't see that I was black although yeah. this I don't know if like I've heard that a lot with like my other black friends that have mainly white friends when you get home you know you can't be the same person you was at school 100%. you have to switch black into your blackness I think, well, I think the idea of blackness as well, it has to be very careful because I think there's no one way to be black. Yeah, no, yeah. So, for me, I think, I don't know, I think definitely there's a thing of, like, you act one way at home and you behave a certain way. I think you sort of mute yourself a bit more when you're around white people. Yeah. I mean, generally, I'm a quiet person, but if you, I'm pretty sure if you ask me, I went to school, these times it's cool. I'm not just going to talk to you, I'll listen to everything that everyone has to say. Yeah. Especially if it's like 
I think it's a thing, especially when people don't realize you're listening. I catch on to those sort of things. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely I I I found because when I go back to Belgium, my family, it's where I see how much different I've become living here in England. Because when I moved here, my my sis, my step sister used to always be like, "You're so white, like you don't act black," and I used to be yeah. so vexed about that. Because what does that mean? Am I not black? Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, I'm black. What do you mean that you're so white? And yeah. it was like I didn't see it before I went back the first time. Not the first time, because the first few times I was still a Belgian girl. It was maybe like a year or so. I went back and I was sitting with my friend, and the stuff they were saying. They were never rude or consciously racist, but it's this beaten Bob comment. Like one of my closest bo- male friends used to be like, "Oh, I could never date a black girl," and like people would be like, "Law so real," and he'll be like, "Yeah, they're like so rough. They're like blah blah blah. They don't have those cuteness white girl have." And I'm sitting there like, "Oh wow, did he? Did you used to say those kind of stuff before?" Like. How did I see through this and let you say those kind of stuff about all the black women sure about black myself? Was it your black male friends? Or no, it was my white male friend. Yeah. And he was saying that as if it was okay. And then if you question him about that, because majority of his friends, like his circle, is black, he'd be like, "I'm not racist. I've got so many black friends. Like I basically got raised by black people." And it's like, "Oh, okay. That I got black friends. We know." Congrats. Um. No. Yeah. What were you, what were you gonna say? Sorry. Yeah. I was gonna say. Obviously, you know, hair, black hair. Do you think like we said you have to turn yourself down when you're around white people? Have you ever experienced that with like work in terms of hairstyle, the way you speak, the the I don't know stuff like that. I think my hair has never really been an issue to say, like in the workplace. Yeah. I think maybe if I don't know, maybe if I worked a corporate job, yeah. I'd probably experience some of the microaggressions. But it for me it's the backhanded comments when um I don't know, because yeah, because when I was most of the time my hair was in braids. So people just you know, they don't question it, they don't Mm. I think it was more when, yeah, like as I got into my twenties, I think I started doing, you know, wig life, you know, like ponytail, all these things. Like my hair was relaxed. Like, I think that's how I preferred my hair as well. Yeah. Just say, like no, no one forced. Yeah, like as I got older, no one forced me to have relaxed hair. I yeah. chose it for my own self, and I could maintain it. It was when it's like I'll get a weave and oh my gosh, you know, I love it when my hair is just long. Or when I cut a wig on, like oh my gosh, you know, I prefer your hair like this. And then I cut my hair. But then, you know, like, I don't know, say that's like within the same week I've got my my short hair and then all of a sudden I wear a wig. Yeah, I prefer your hair like this. (laughs) But then it's never from, I don't know, it's never from a black person. In my head, anyway, I'm like, no one asked you, and I'm not gonna say thank you because that wasn't a compliment. You can just say, oh, your hair's nice, you know, you look cute today, that's it, keep it moving. 
Like, oh, I yeah. Like this. It's like, yeah. okay, that's great. But I'm not gonna say thank you. <laughs> Your preference is yours. That's enough. Yeah, like it's great. You have a preference, but it's really difficult. Really you know, I've been seeing, I've been seeing this stuff on Twitter, a conversation about how it was like. You know, I, I've told you before. I get into so many arguments on Twitter and I was having this conversation with these people and they were like some mark some sign of racism are really unexistent is black people that see racism in everything around them what do you think about this statement I think that's a very good statement um need let me try and unpack that statement yeah well like i can only speak from my own understanding yeah i think it's good to acknowledge microaggressions and address them but obviously not everyone's going to be not every black person is going to be as bothered by certain microaggressions but it's important to point it out do you know what i mean yeah because it might be a thing like like some people are either willingly or unwillingly oblivious to these certain things. So if you're able to say, hey, the way you're being treated in this situation, it's not right. And it's low-key. And if you look at the obvious, it's probably because you're black. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's not to be petty or like a crybaby or whatever else. I think it's, I think it's good to acknowledge microaggressions or, or signs of discrimination wherever you are or in whatever situation because even like I feel the constant topic is in the, in the PL anyway is always about dating and like like I understand preference but at the same time it's like you kind of have to I don't know like I don't know how to say it. it's like if a guy who is dark skin, for example, like the young like my women children, you know, like a light skin, whatever. Hmm. I think I do think some people are very quick to be um what that dark skin queens da 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 da. Yeah. Or even if a black or even if a dark skin queen is like oh, you know, like you know, I like black men, da 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 whatever else. I think people are too quick to jump the gun. Like they're too quick to jump to the negative, but at the same time, it's like I don't know. I feel not enough people, for my liking anyway, or say like I don't know, not enough people for my liking in terms of dating, like black men anyway, for my experience. Yeah. Not enough have said they prefer a black woman, let alone a black yeah. woman. But then even in your preference for a black woman, if it's always a light skin woman. We got a problem. And you're, that exactly that's a problem. And if your reasoning is not because you know, like your face is your face, you know what I mean? If you don't find them attractive, that's fine. But if the sole basis of your attraction is their skin colour, then it's a problem. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like <laughs> my day. But then history. it's like because some because you will get people that make it race thing like I love dark skin queens or kings or whatever but I mm. guarantee you 10 years ago you would not have said that 
you were literally yeah. thirsting over Chris Brown ten years ago. Yeah, <laughs> it's cancel culture. You were about Damson Idris, my my dark skin cool huh? king. Like, exactly. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I go for but me and my truth, love for my husband. No, but that's the reality. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But then back, like it's it's good that it's obviously being acknowledged, especially like dark skin people. They deserve their props. But then I feel like it's only. If you look like a certain type of dark skin, then you're attractive. Do you know what I mean? Like you have to look like a Greek god. Yes, because skin. you can't just be dark skin with a wide nose or even. That's you know so I mean? important because this time, like, I'm not shy to say that you I have love to be one Idris. Barbie looking. Mm, Damson Idris, we love him, but this time we love him. Mashallah, he has been around for ages, but he fits more to the stereotypical belief of black-skinned men, dark-skinned men, and nobody publicizes him as a gorgeous man. He never comes up in the list of the good-looking dark-skinned men. No, listen, he's a hundred percent an attractive black man. Don't get me wrong, but compared yeah. to someone like Jacqueline, I mean, Usher. Yeah, <laughs> Usher has light skin privilege. Yeah, but I think it's not the same. He's lighter skin, but I wouldn't say he's light skin. No, or, no, yeah. No, let's even say, okay, Trey Songs. If you don't look like Trey Songs, he's a dark skin, then that's it. It's over for you. Yeah. You can't just be dark skin. If you don't look like Bria Miles as a dark skin babe, then it's over for you. Do you know what I mean? It's like you have yeah. to, It's like even within that context, you still have to. There's like. It's like impossible criteria if you think for someone who says. Qualifies you for attractive or desirable. It even reflects so much with dark skinned women. I feel like it even reflects more with dark skinned women because the only face of dark skinned women we have is Lupita Nyango, which, if you look at her, she doesn't, as I said, look like the stereotypical belief of a dark skinned person. But this time, uh, Viola Davis has been around for ages and she's a very beautiful woman, but she looks more black more African than Lupita how many magazine cover has she done I feel I feel that's not I don't know I feel it's not a fair comparison I don't know it's just it's a very like I can't speak on a dark skin person I on dark skin person's experience because I'm not dark skin yeah what I've seen but I don't know it's just a lot to impact I feel like relationship is so hard. Like when you start putting in race and color, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. Like, 100%. yeah, some of them really be shouting, "I love my dark queen," as you said, just because, and it's not real and stuff like that. Yeah, like it's for some even. Like I feel, um, I feel it's not. You do find legitimate black love, don't get me wrong, but I think I don't. The, the popular ones anyway I don't feel it's legitimate do you know what I mean I feel it's all for show because it's trend it looks cute you look like it's a clout thing yeah I don't know and it's like I don't know it's like instead of I mean, just like, like the person for them you don't have to make their whole skin their personality or even trait as a reason as to why you desire them yeah another thing that always shocks me in the black community is you know like when i talk to black boys and they slide in my dms and stuff and they'll be like oh 
blah 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 and they're like have you ever even dated a black man and I'm like oh really? is a yeah I get that question quite often like I was talking about that with my sister it's very surprising because she never gets it from black men but she often yeah, gets it from white that. men I get it all the time and we were like talking about why what is that so and it's like my sister was like maybe the way you you like the way you speak in your dms or stuff like that or the way you present yourself and i i messaged this guy a couple like a couple weeks ago because i needed a model for my photo shoot and he he, he like he, we were talking about the photo shoot blah 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 and then he went into flirting whatever and his first question was no it wasn't even a question it was a statement it was like i can tell you like white men we never met we never had a conversation before that but that was his statement about me mm. and then when i asked what is that he was like i don't know i just get that kind of vibe from you and he said this thing that i found very rude he was like you betray your own race I was like, oh. so dating a white man takes me away from being black That's i didn't know That's very much a even if it was the opposite gender like I do I do like I know I'm not supporting like how he worded it but I do uh, I do understand why people would say like oh you look like you would go for a white person and I some people and I do think sometimes you kind of you can genuinely tell yeah I want to know how I want to know what I do that makes people be like yeah she's into white men there's just that you know what I'm not I don't know you just can't explain it I'm not gonna lie to you for me anyway you just know it's like yeah I don't know to be fair I I do see that like sometimes when I'm in the club and I'll see some black boys that are not around I'll be like I know these guys into white girls but I can't explain either it's just this kind of vibe that I see from him yeah and it's like very crazy because to be honest I am how the you of the many people that will be shouting oh black king rule of the white woman you betrayed your black woman are, are we not good enough but then which is really funny because when it's reverse uno on me i'm like oh that's so rude why <laughs> i love everybody <laughs> i'm like i'm very messy about that it's it's such a big large conversation like yeah i grew up in a black household so it was always put in my head that if you're not with a black man you're doing it wrong but for some reason, I'm really open out there, black, white, mixed race, Asian. It doesn't really matter for me. Yeah, I think my preference is a black man. I think I, I've never, like, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I've never dated a white person. Like, I've never dated someone who's not black. Yeah. Which might be, which might be problematic for some. But I don't know, it's just. For me, it's I've never had someone outside of my race literally tell me that I'm beautiful. Not like in friendship, but like romantic or something. Like you've never been um, flirted on by a non-black I've person. Never. Well, maybe when I never paid attention, but growing up, especially going through like my teens and my twenties, I don't think I've been designed by someone who's white. Black, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or no one has really come to me and like, oh hey, like so and so really fancies you. Like I'm not like I don't discriminate, don't get me wrong. I'm willing to yeah. give it a good try. But at the same time I think just 
me live like me growing up in the UK and just knowing I know finding my own black identity. I think I just prefer to be with someone who is culturally similar. Mm. And can you sort of relate to that whole black the whole black experience and you know, especially if they're African, you're like that. Do you know what I mean? You just yeah. To me, it just makes sense. That's something that I, I, I am the like the older I get, the more start seeking that kind of experience. Like I want to be yeah. able to be sitting at a restaurant and then something happened and we look at each other, we just know. Exactly. And and, and um, yeah, like I'm, I'm never. I don't know. Like I don't think. Yeah, I don't know. I've never <laughs> gone out of my. Okay, how do I? Think? I've never gone out of my way to be desired yeah. by people or by men. And I, I, I like to think I've never gone out of my way to be desired by men. And I have been complimented on, do you know what I mean? Like, oh, like, she's cute. She's, yeah, she's cute. And I'm like, you're infantilizing me. For me, I just find cute is such a childish thing. Like, call me beautiful, call me pen, call me... <laughs> Thanks, you know, be, be wowed by me, okay? I want to be used, okay? I want you to think, wow, this is a babe. Yeah. Uh, never, never been by a black, never, never been by a white or Asian or Arab guy, never. Yeah. He's a black man, and I'm like, well, it is what it so is. So you give the vibe that you only take white men? No, I think. No, okay, you only so take black men. Sorry. My, because my friends like in college mm. my initially told me like oh yeah I can see you with a white man for me I low-key found it offensive but I was like huh in that <laughs> world but I was like okay I guess I can understand but yeah I don't think it's not a fair section for me just because I don't want to deal with microaggressions I don't want to deal with your offensive family and you can't defend me like if, if I'm gonna think outside of my race, they have to be very much well educated. Very, your family has to be on point. I'm sorry. You don't want to be the teacher. Like I don't. Want, I don't want to have like I've I've lived my whole life. I don't know. I've lived my whole life as a black person, and I don't want to have to ex- explain every little thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's different. Like it's different if someone is curious or I don't know I feel even as a friend I don't want to have to explain everything to you yeah like like, open your eyes do you know what I mean like open your eyes don't act oblivious to what's going on in the world like do the work it's different like I don't mind helping every now and again but for the Mm -hmm. most part I think I don't want to have to explain every little thing to someone I think like what you said definitely like, here home I don't yeah. I don't want shock when you see me looking around the place or I've changed my hair or I've decided not to relax my hair for a couple mm. months or whatever or I don't want you to be huffing and puffing and I have to spend hours getting my hair done or whatever like it's normal I don't know I just don't know I don't know I think, no I get you yeah I think <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of headaches I think the one like I, I've never felt uncomfortable for liking white male, ne- them being my not my preference, but I've tend yeah my preference. I've dated more white men than black men. I can't I can't lie about that. And I've never felt ashamed or uncomfortable about anything like that. But in these more recent years, when I'm saying that 
to think more about my five, ten year plan, my fifty, like sixty, all those years from now plan, it's I am going to be a mother. Well, I wish I want to be a mother, yeah. but we're going to have a mixed race child, and it's that conversation where he won't understand that I have to teach my kid about how to behave in public, how to behave when you see the police, how to behave at work, and how I have to tell my kid that he has to work 10 times harder than the other kids in the course. He will never understand that. And that's something that is, the more and more I think about it, the less I am inclined to um, interracial relationship because if I don't care for me it's fine but I do care for my child I want my child yes it will be hard because it will just be a black child but at least I will know that me and my husband will be there for that baby yeah that's true I think I mean if I I think growing up in Europe anyway but I can only speak for the UK it's almost I feel you do have a little bit more understanding. Yeah. You can relate a bit more, like, culturally, because you sort of... It's a shared experience, you know what I mean? Mm. But I feel if I was... I don't know. I feel if I was to be... If I was to be with a black guy who grew up in any part of London, it might not be that big of a deal, do you know what I mean? Oh, no. Like, he probably had... (laughs) He had a contest, yeah. Huh? Uh, he definitely had encounters with black people. He understands a bit. You know what I mean? Like they, like I don't know. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, this sounds really bad when I say it out loud. They know how to behave. Do you know what I mean? You don't have to explain everything. Like they, they, um, they just you can understand. They can understand. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But I it, if it was with someone from flipping a white guy from Norway, like <laughs> that's a bit out of the box. And even then. Even then, it's like I have to admit if a non-black person is interested, I have to start questioning. My first thing is with this approach because I certainly don't want to be like to hear, oh, I'm the first one, so it's like, oh, you're the first black girl I've been with, oh, you're the second black girl I've been with. No, I don't want to do that. None of that. I do not want to be someone's experimental project. (laughs) None of that. It's not me. And yeah, like I think as soon as I get those vibes, I know I'd lock it off. I'm like, I'm sorry, this cannot continue. Yeah, you know what's really crazy? I never knew the fetish thing. I mm. think I had a white boyfriend in first year of university, and I remember that first day he was like, Oh, yeah, I've never dated a black girl. I, although I don't really like that comment, I don't really like that comment. But I didn't understand the meaning behind it. It wasn't until another friend of mine, who is a dark-skinned woman, she lives in London, and we were talking about this, and I was telling her, and she was like, "Sis, leave him." And I was like, "Why?" And that, and she said, "He's not seeing you for you. He's seeing your skin. He's seeing the stereotype of a black woman, of an ebony woman. You are not an ebony woman." Those are weird stereotypes that got created ages ago. And I was like, oh my God. And then I started replaying yeah, the conversation. Chocolate queen. My oh. Even if that's me, black man, don't do that, please. I don't want to hear that. 
la seule queen du monde. It's still unnecessary. Oh, Nubian queen. Uh-uh. I am nobody queen. I am born back back in Kigali. Call me Kigali queen. I'm just Tunisia, please. <laughs> let's humble. Let's remember ourselves. No, there's so many violations out there that sometimes it's even hard to keep up. Like, I really do be going through life like, oh, yeah, okay. Until someone else be like, sis, that was wrong. And I have to go by like, oh, it was. Sorry. And it's very crazy. I think I just internalized everything. And I think... I start. I knew these things are like questions or to avoid and whatever. I think because when I was younger, I used to have Tumblr. Mm. And like, well, I still have t- my Twitter, but I had Tumblr. And there's so many. I think I learned more about my blackness because of the American people, like the Black American people. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Especially where they just gain really educated. You know, explanations of different things and different scenarios. Obviously, now I understand it better. And if I ever found myself in a situation, like I know what to avoid, I know how to move forward and address certain things. And I think at that age, it was really, really helpful. Yeah. It's like it's a it's a lived experience, whether you're in in America, in France, in Germany, in the UK. It is still a shared experience, or even in Brazil whatever do you know what I mean if you live as a black person in a place where there's a majority of a ethnic sort of population yeah. you're gonna have that shared experience do you know what I mean but I think at that age for me it was nice to be able to seek out advice from people who have lived that sort of experience because I don't know how it's I don't know even like our parents our parents as immigrants and they've dealt with a lot of stuff do you know what I mean yeah and as their children obviously you don't want them to have to deal with that sort of stuff and just tolerate it and many of them you know don't have to but it's a thing of like I don't know it just feels like a different ball game as a child compared to when you're an adult mm. it's another thing like you obviously talked about the parents I don't know how it was uh, in your house during the BLM like ma- major moment, the protest, the protest, and all of that. But in my household, it was everyday argument with my mom, where we we'll get to a point where I'll be like, I actually don't want to talk to you anymore because you don't get it. We, you know I think, for us, it was it was very, I don't know, distressing in a way. Mm. I think because I don't know about I feel like we as a household were very well educated on Black Lives Matter before George Floyd for yeah. me my first encounter with Black Lives Matter was the death of Trayvon Martin yeah like, I remember seeing that, yeah. that on the internet that for me was like okay this is real even like the London riots in like 2011 I don't know if you remember them no, I don't think I. No, I, no, like I was in Belgium. He didn't go all the way there, I believe. Okay, like, well, I think it was, I think it was like 2011, but there was some. I can't remember what it was about. There were like some London riots, and it's just how 
obviously the police dealt with the situation in the laundromats because I think a guy, a black guy, I can't remember his name, but I know he died in police custody because of so there people who are looting and these things and stealing and you know, it's just violent. It was literally just violence. Yeah. And that and James Martin's death opened my eyes even more to just think like, okay, I can't you know, I can't just be fantasizing about oh, yeah, I live in the UK, you know, it's what you build. Like it's not that simple. Yeah. And it just made me think like as a black woman, how so if I were to ever end up in a situation where I had to report something to the police, how straightforward would that be? Probably not that straightforward because they might look at me because of you know, like you're lying or you're being aggressive or just stereotyping and generalizing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And even or just not even that but just not being taken seriously for having something dealt with and that's definitely happened hmm it's like I am so it's very much like we were aware of it like we knew about it we chose not to talk about it just yeah. because it's very distressing because I can say the last 10 years for sure I am very much tired of seeing black death Mm. I'm just tired of it. Do you know what I mean? 100%. It's yeah. It's very much distressing. So, even that video clip, I did not want to watch it. I did not want to see him do that. Just because mm. it was so, so traumatizing. Yeah. That shouldn't have to happen. Definitely, yeah. It is sad that it took something like that to wake up so many people. Like, I am part of those people that after George Floyd, I knew all, 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 of all the others. Like, you know, you had Breonna Taylor, you had all those big, other big names that made the news, but nothing Even quite hit. Before, like Sandra Bland, there's so, so many people. Even before, the, yeah. it's not to take away from the deaths that happened. Yeah. But I think one thing that really pissed me off was how a lot of companies obviously tried to capitalize on. You know, you realize I'm afraid to do with the girl. Like, you probably need to do the work. I'm sorry, you've been told. Mm-hmm. And you chose not to. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not it's not enough for you to all of a sudden have opened your eyes. Like this information has been freely given to you. It should not take a death for you to decide to, to fix up. How many more people have to die before you have to fix up? Hmm. Definitely. Like like the whole George Floyd thing at home. My mom is a very pessimistic yeah pessimistic person I got very angry like I don't know what was it about George Floyd's story obviously seeing him being killed on TV did like affect quite a lot but something about this story made it 100% harder and I felt very emotional about it very passionate I was I was I, I was like I was going to protest I was talking about it with my friends I was reposting it I was talking about it with my like my uncles aunties and cousins and then I would talk about it with my mom and she would say we are in the white men countries if we care that much why don't we go home and that's something she said that the first time and I was very shocked but then I got to know that 
it wasn't just my mom so many other people are in the same generation than my mom and my mom is young she was born in 82 but so many other people have the same point of view like why do we keep on forcing ourselves into the white men's world rather than just go back home and i wouldn't say it's forcing itself i think it's very i know i get why you're annoyed but i think you have to understand like from where they came from it's a it's a thing of survival so you're escaping resenting your parents escaped the Rwandan genocide and it's like in escaping that for a better life yeah you know what? some it's like the it's like the price you the unfortunate price you pay as an immigrant especially as a black immigrant you know what I mean yeah because even like I'll say the London Marriott so many black people got deported over stolen bags of rice Oh wow! Just petty, petty stuff, and it's like an opportunity for them to visit these institutions to showcase their power. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And as much as I think, as much as you can be like, oh, like where? Why not just go back home? It'll be great to go back home, but it doesn't escape the problem. That's yeah. That's like that's the thing I kept saying to her. Like going back home, yes, it's an option, but you're going home in a place that was colonized, stolen from, and it's still in such a weird limbo. You can so go like, home, surely. But it's like you can't win wherever. It is frustrating because it's like you can say like, okay, you can go back home, but you don't win when you're back home, and you live here, and you don't win when you're here. So it's yeah. very, very hard to see something positive when everything is literally fighting against your whole existence. Yeah. And that's like something, I guess, when my mom would talk about it, she wasn't coming in with like a, a fair reflection. She would just be like, all of this is childish. They will never accept us. So why do we keep on doing this? And I was like, but so should we just sit and accept the mistreatment of black people, of people of color? And she'd be like, just take it back home. And I was like, no, mom, that's not right. And we wouldn't talk for days because, you know, African parents, they're not used to get like back to. I would back talk to her like, no woman, that's not it. And she'd be like, the disrespect. But, you know, BLM was one of the turning points in definitely settling into my blackness, personally. And I know it happened for a lot of people that I know of. And then another thing, I believe it was then before, what's it, George Floyd, before last summer and everything. But he got more powerful now is the BAM employment we you know like I've heard of other people and I myself have been we get emails saying oh this this also company is looking for BAM employees and you know like I don't know how you feel about that but as a freshly newly graduate I, I think in my head I have to take those jobs but I do know that five years from now, six, seven, eight, ten years, I don't want to be hired because I'm black. And it's like this bam employment try to do I something. Think, I think yeah. it's not a negative thing when they mm. target black and minority people because it's it's a fair way to give them the opportunity where they'd otherwise be denied. Because even if you were to be hired even if you didn't go under that sort of gateway into formal employment or um, corporate employment even, 
was African name on my face. There's no English pronunciation on my face. They look bad. <laughs> and I don't blame them. Like, my parents have English names. And even like my uncles and aunties have got very English sort of names. But I can say that myself and if anything, all my cousins have African names. Because I'm doing it as well. So it's like, yeah. It's just like the continuing, there's nothing like called, like, be a code, I don't know. I don't know, like, there's no point, like, for me giving these English names now. Mm. Oh, no. Do you see what I, I wanted mean? to be one of those with, like, the Leah, Emma, Jessica, no. Charlotte. No, thank you. Yeah. No, my kids is really, you know, I've already got the name. But another thing, like, my, my name and my family names, they all they're not only black they're also muslim yeah so that's like a lot more so you've got like arabic as well so got... yeah so like my mom's name is nadia kamalia mm-hmm. then i'm nada then my sister is amalia then my little sister yeah. is Lila, and my little brother yeah. is riyad which are not yeah. names that if you see that on the tv you'll be like oh they're black you you question are they yeah. arabic yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's yeah it's a long process just just my surname alone you're like oh, you're just African. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's african, when it's african. Seeing... they don't even they just see my name it's like yeah no. it's when they start you know it's african when you start to see z y n stuck next to That's each it. other then it's african i'm even longer than five letters it's over sorry <laughs> oh anyway tiza it was a fantastic having you in Bye. Magnifique Monoir, a catch up okay. conversation. We'd love to see it. Definitely, we'll have you again some days, you know, with new topics. <laughs> <laughs> Not that we haven't covered everything. Nitty potty. Never. Conversation for sure. Literally, just have to log on to the TL. There's more topics. <laughs> literally, that's literally yeah. you have to do. <laughs> anyway, babe, thank you very much. It's okay. And have a fantastic night. Thank you. Bye.